you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, everybody. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, we're talking PPR leagues. Our experts reveal which wideouts and which running backs going to pump up your score this season and help you abuse your opponents one point at a time. And could Tom Brady be the ultimate value pick this year? What about C.J. Spiller? And when should you draft Gronk? Find out during our Patriots and Bills fantasy previews. Plus, we tackle all the tough decisions you're facing in your drafts in a little segment we like to call Burning Questions. NFL Fantasy Live presented by DirecTV starts now. Fans and welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. James Kell here alongside the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant on the far side, and the very good-looking, handsome gentleman over in the middle, Elliot Harrison. How you doing, pal? Good. Good to see you. <laughs> we got lots of stuff going on today. Uh, I really want to just dive into it. Uh, we're going to see Molly Caram later on the show as well, but I, I really just want to get to the latest headlines. The big news for fantasy owners and for Cleveland Brown fans: Josh Gordon has been suspended for one year for a violation of the league's substance abuse policy. Gordon had appealed the decision earlier, but the, sus- the suspension was upheld. Gordon's eligibility for reinstatement will be determined after the 2014 season. This is a guy, guys, that set the Browns' single-season record for receptions, or excuse me, receiving yards. 16, more than 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns in 14 games. This is a big loss for that offense. It is a big loss, and it's a big loss for fantasy owners as well because a lot of people took a late-round flyer on Gordon. Now the decision comes down. I think Andrew Hawkins becomes a deep sleeper. Miles Austin has a little bit more value. But one thing you should do if you already drafted Gordon 
if somebody doesn't know about this yet, <laughs> trade them now. Yeah. Try to trade them. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Very All's sneaky. fair in love and fantasy football, <laughs> I right? like it. Um, Jordan Cameron, does, does this help or hurt his value? Because, again, it seems like to me the safeties will be able to creep down in the box. Am I right in saying uh, that? But he's also going to see a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. So this helps his value as far as I'm concerned. Ellie, what do you think? Well, I think it's a big loss for football, period. You hate to sure. see this. But if you've already drafted and you already took Josh Gordon, you're sitting there, look at the waiver wire. Marcus and I off camera, we're looking at some guys that are left out there. Brian Hartline's name jumps off the page. Over 1,000 yards, 76 catches. Granted, only four touchdowns. But if you have 76 catches and over 1,000 yards, you belong on a fantasy roster. I don't care if you're on a 10-team or a 12-team. You're at least a WR4. Go pick him up right now. He's not the only good name. Steve Smith was out there as well. Kimbrell Tompkins was out there. I think he may get some good play with the Patriots this year. But Brian Hartline, I'd go grab him right now. Uh, Marcus Grant, you brought up a great point. Uh, A lot of folks are in keeper leagues. I I know you're in a keeper league. You you were kind of battling with this whole Josh Gordon decision. Uh, What advice would you give keeper league owners? Well, first thing is to just check the rules of your keeper league. If if it's a one-year deal where you can only keep a guy for one season, then you've got to say goodbye to Josh Gordon. If there's a possibility that maybe you can hold on to him for a couple years, then you really have a decision to make. And it's going to be worth watching what happens with any potential reinstatement after the season, how quickly he can get back. I mean, will he be there for OTAs? Will he be there for training camp? If he's going to be there and he's going to participate for this club next year, then maybe you want to hold on to him Mm. because he's still going to be the same explosive guy a year from now. Yeah, I think it depends on how many keepers you're allowed to have. If it's only a couple, he's gone. I think either way, you're right. If he misses that practice time, very pivotal time in a football player's season is that practice time. If he misses that... Boy, I don't know if you can keep him. But talking about practice. We talking about practice. All right. All right. Good news for Cam Newton fantasy owners. Uh, Panthers head coach Ron Rivera says he has, quote, no doubt that Newton will play in this season opener. Newton has been battling a hairline fracture in his ribs that he suffered in the preseason. I've got to ask, is anyone worried about his durability this year? He's also coming off of ankle surgery. And all of his wide receivers turned around from 2013, and people in fantasy drafts are scared because I have landed Cam Newton, who has been no worse than fourth in fantasy points among quarterbacks in any year of his career, in the 10th round in three different leagues. And at that point, minimized risk, I'm taking him. Elliot? I took Tony Romo for that very purpose in case he can't play because I think Tony Romo is going to put up monster fantasy points this year. So I have two potential starters at quarterback because of that. My other big concern is how he adjusts to life being a pocket quarterback. We've Hmm. seen so many guys who run, then they get tied to the pocket. It changes the way they play, and I worry that Cam's going to have to make that adjustment this year. In that first preseason game, uh, coming off of that ankle surgery, he was extremely tentative. I'll I'll be curious to see if he's even more tentative with those ribs. Yeah, yeah, and he can't be the Panthers' leader rusher anymore no. those days have got to be gone it's over all right uh some o-line talk here the patriots traded pro bowl guard logan mankins to the buccaneers for tight end tim wright a draft pick a bag of chips and maybe a free oil change coupon what kind of chips <laughs> uh, maybe doritos i'm nice. not sure on the surface not a lot to take away from a fantasy perspective but i want to read between the lines here gentlemen because the Pats traded for a tight end is there something that the Patriots know about Gronk's health that we don't know? I don't, this doesn't mean a bag of chips because Tim Wright is a <laughs> slender tight end. He's yeah. more of a move guy. He's not a big guy. He's, he plays a completely different role than Rob Gronkowski exactly. does. Exactly. I would not read anything into it. Neither would I. It means nothing for Gronkowski as far as I'm concerned. Good news for Tampa Bay's offensive line, though, oh, because no that thing was, was, a, was a hot mess. Yep. 
Uh, you talk about Tampa Bay's O-line. They absolutely needed to make this trade. The guy who's going to benefit the most, it's got to be Doug Martin. I think if you're a Doug Martin fantasy owner right now, you're doing the Dougie. You're doing the cat daddy. You're excited about Wait, this. I, I want you to do the Dougie. The Doug, uh, the cat, yeah, I'm running. Did you see him against, you see him against the you Bills? You almost got me, though, fans. You almost got me. Hey, he ran hard against yeah. Buffalo the other day. I, I, I like Doug Martin. I think he's going to sneak into the back end of the top ten this year. You know, I, I, I'm so torn on where he fits into that, that hierarchy there, but I do like what what is going to happen for him now with Logan Mangans there, especially those interior linemen. You, you solidify those. It helps you with that running They game. lose Charles Sims. They gain an offensive line, uh, lineman, and they needed it. And in the last game, he had 14 touches in the first half. Yeah. He is the featured back. Is he going to return to his rookie status, elite status? No. But he's creeping into the second round now in a lot of leagues. Uh, I'd like to see him. Um, you know, you talk about the coaching staff of a lot of different plays. Levy Smith loves to run that ball. Uh, I've written extensively about Jeff Tedford. He, despite the fact that he's a quarterback's guru, he loves to run the ball as well. I, I really like Doug Martin this year. I really think he could sneak in to that top ten. All right, Doug Martin, though, has averaged less than three catches per, year, uh, per game over his short career. His value not as great in PPR leagues. But whose value does get a boost if you're in a PPR league? And if you take a look at this list, I mean, look, there's Jamal Charles, Matt Forte. We get that. Darren Sproles is in there. I got to say, a, a guy that I'm very surprised to see on that list, uh, Dexter McCluster and Chris Obanaya? Really? He's <laughs> well, on Dexter McCluster was a wide receiver last year. Remember that. This is for targets only. Not receptions, but purely targets only. All right, so outside of the top guys, again, those Jamal Charleses and the Matt Fortes of the world, in leagues where you do get some kind of point per catch, uh, give me some backs who you see have serious boost in value in a PPR league. Fabs? I'm going to tell you right now, Shane Vereen is someone you need to target. My boy I out of cow? this guy. Love it. In 2014. They don't trust Stephen Ridley no. because he's got butter hands. And James White, really? James White? I, I, LeGarrette Blunt's now in Pittsburgh nice. doing his thing with Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Shane Vereen, who scored two touchdowns in the last preseason game for the Patriots. He's getting that rapport going as a pass catcher with Tom Brady. He's not going to rush for 1,000 yards, but he may very well give you eight to 900 yards receiving. I could see him catching 60, 70 balls in this offense. That makes him a PPR RB2. Did you get that, Elliot? I got it, I okay. think. Since week 11, here's a stat for you. 40 receptions, 370 yards for Shane Vereen. The most for running backs. He's got good hands. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad, because nobody ever mentions Pierre Thomas. Mm. This just in. Pierre Thomas led all running backs in catches last year. You saw on that full screen we yep. showed the 84 targets. He caught 77 of those. That's great. 77. That's amazing. I just did some quick math on my TI-81. That's about 90. <laughs> well, TI-83, you're a little bit younger than me. Solid. That's about 92% catch rate, man. I mean, you That's want reliability. Knowledge. You want reliability. Who has been a more reliable player for a team than Pierre Thomas? Now, Fabs, I know what you're going to say. It's hard to... To decipher with the Saints running backs. No, in PPR, I 100% agree with you. He's a great bargain. He has been such a good player for them. And again, I say this all the time. When do they have to sub for Pierre Thomas? They don't. He stays on the field, which is why he catches the ball. And I don't think Mark Ingram is going to do a whole lot to cut into Pierre Thomas's value, especially not. not in PPR leagues this year. No doubt. It's interesting, though, because uh, Mark Ingram has looked fantastic in the preseason, so that's cer- certainly something to watch for. You know what's crazy about this uh, New Orleans backfield? Not only did they have one guy who could catch that ball, they had two guys that were catching rocks all over the place. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has a new backfield mate in Darren Sproles. Marcus, I know you're high on him in PPR. Yeah, and Darren Sproles is listed as a running back, but he may end up being more of a a receiver type this year for the, the Eagles in that offense. Everybody I know was concerned whether or not Darren Sproles is going to cut into LaShawn McCoy's touches. I think if anything... 
You see Sproles pick up where Deshaun Jackson left off, and he gets a lot of those targets that Jackson left behind when he moved to Washington. Both of those running backs can be on the field at the same time, and we've seen Sproles kind of take those goal line carries in the preseason. But more than anything, he's going to be a guy you see line up in the slot, catch passes out of the backfield. He was a PPR machine in New Orleans. He'll continue to be the same in Philadelphia. Darren Sproles in a Chip Kelly offense. Let me quote Kramer. Giddy up. (laughs) Give me some of that. All right, Elliot, I know I I always kid you about looking a lot like uh, uh, Jordan Cameron. Talk to me about a guy. (laughs) Look how handsome this guy is. Talk to me about a guy, the fantasy community. uh, Jokes around and says looks a lot like Frodo Baggins. We're talking about Danny Woodhead. Frodo Baggins. That's right. Better believe it. Google those picks, my man. You mentioned Danny Woodhead doesn't come around here. Okay, you mentioned PPR machine. He's been a T-1000. Can we agree on that? I mean, Danny Woodhead was outstanding last year. Six receiving touchdowns, oh, by the way, for Danny Woodhead. You talked about Chip Kelly's offense, and I agree with you there on Darren Sproles. But here's the thing about Danny Woodhead. I trust his quarterback. I I think Phillip Rivers has looked outstanding in the preseason. How about Mike McCoy? And Mike McCoy is what I was getting there. Just give me a chance, okay? You get enough talking, being the host. But Phillip Rivers, I trust a little bit more than Nick Foles this year. And that's Danny Woodhead's distributor. And anytime we talk about guys making hay in the receiving game, They've got to have the distributor, and Danny Woodhead has it. And the thing about Woodhead is that he's not a sexy pick, so people don't draft him early. In a PPR league that I had a draft, it was two nights ago. I can't keep up. I got so many drafts. I got him as my fourth running back in a PPR league. That's That's amazing. I don't care if he looks like Frodo. Because you could start him. Frodo did big things, man. Don't knock him, all right? I'm not knocking him. I like it. Coming up, which Bill's running back should you draft uh, in your draft? Let me get this out of here. C.J. Spiller or Fred Jackson and his rookie wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, set for a monster season. Find out during our fantasy preview for the Bills. And how about a running back blue light special? We're telling you which RBs have great value compared to their average draft position. Eye-opening stats when NFL Fantasy Live returns. The Buffalo Bills select Sammy Watkins. That's the answer that the Buffalo offense needed. The Bills have a stable of good running backs. They're having a lot of fun in the stands today. E.J. Manuel to Robert Woods. Touchdown, Buffalo. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Molly Karam here with all these fine gentlemen. And we are going to break down the Buffalo Bills from top to bottom for our fantasy two-a-days. So let's start with quarterback E.J. Manuel Fabs. He missed six games last year with that knee injury. Does he have any deep sleeper value this year? Maybe a little bit. He's coming off of uh, drafts in the fifth round, 15th round on NFL.com at this point. But I don't see him making a huge impact. There's so many good quarterbacks in the National Football League right now that it's kind of hard to put all your chips into EJ Manuel. So I say late round flyer and you know he did go to Florida State. They don't exactly have the best reputation for NFL quarterbacks and I see Marcus giving me a stink look right now. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so not so much value there. The big question, though, fantasy owners want to know is what do they do at the running back position? Do they go with C.J. Spiller or Fred Jackson? Let's compare them by the numbers. And, guys, as you take a look here, both players almost played in all 16 games. And as you can see, the big difference is Jackson's touchdowns and fantasy points. He finished last year as the 10th best fantasy back while Spiller finished 26. So, Fabs, 
even though the numbers lean towards Fred Jackson, I understand you're liking Spiller. Please do explain, my friend. Well, because I want to talk about youth and upside. And Fred Jackson was great last year. Tenth among you running backs. and points. I mean, that's unreal. But Spiller had the ankle. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I want to go with upside. I had, let's see, three drafts going on at the same time last night, which, yeah, I, I actually did do that. And in one of the leagues, I drafted Spiller in the fifth round, but he was my flex starter. And I'm comfortable with Spiller as my flex. As my RB2, nah, I'm not doing that. Three drafts at one time. I always did have confidence in your he's social life. He's a draft. <laughs> See that? Yeah, I have no he's social life now. He's not a name dropper. Now he's a draft number dropper. <laughs> I, love, I love me some Fabiano, but I'm going to have to disagree with you, bud, big time. I'll go with Fred Jackson. If I was John Madden, I would have taken the old marker and circled that 10 touchdowns on the full screen we just showed. The reason why Fred Jackson gets touchdowns is because the Bills feel confident leaving him on the field. He can block. He can catch. He can run. He's a do-everything back. So I felt more confident in our draft last night, Michael, taking Fred Jackson, which I did. I think I got him in the seventh or eighth round, which is high, uh, better than his ADP. Mm-hmm. But I wanted a proven commodity, and I took him as an RB, RB4. Okay, an yeah. RB4. And I think I think the word there is proven commodity, too, because we keep drafting C.J. Spiller, expecting him to go back to what he was a couple of seasons ago, and maybe he does, but I think because we keep waiting on that projection and it hasn't happened yet, whereas Fred Jackson keeps doing it. And the other thing I like about Jackson is that we talk about Reggie Bush and Joyke Bell in Detroit and how they get split. There's a lot of that going on in Buffalo as well. Sure. And Fred Jackson may not have 10 touchdowns this year, but he's a guy who's going to get in the end zone a lot and maybe – Hopefully Frank Summers doesn't come and snatch some of those that's away. That's why Frank Spiller's an RB3, and that's it. <laughs> Real right. quick before we move on. So we're not buying Spiller's ADP of the fifth round. Now how about Jackson with the 11th round? Is that that's about right? Value. That's, that's a value. That's a huge value. That's, that's a better value. But okay. there's more upside with Spiller, and I'm a guy who likes upside. All right, me too. Let's move on to the wide receiver position, though. And the Bills obviously traded up to the number four spot to get that electric playmaker in Sammy Watkins. What are your expectations from him, Ellie? Is he going to light it up? No. Oh. Wait, let me think about it a <laughs> I little bit more. <laughs> that was a quick response Well, there. we already know that wide receiver is a difficult position to adjust to. But when you have a quarterback who's the mediocre express right now and a oh. Bills offense, <laughs> that is – I mean, look, let's be honest. The offense does not look good in the preseason. You can't do it by yourself when you're a wide receiver. When you're a rookie back, Marcus – you can do it by yourself sometimes. That's why I don't like Sammy Watkins. Well, I also think a lot of people are going to be keeping their eye on Sammy Watkins, defensively speaking. Everybody knows what he can do. Mm-hmm. We all saw the Vine videos and the Instagram videos of his one-handed catches, and we know what he brings to the table. He's going to draw a lot of attention from opposing secondaries this year. Mm, but there's another wide receiver. There is. There, Marcus. There is. And he went to the fine institution of fine University on. of Southern California. You know, that, He's a Trojan. Look, it helps. It certainly helps. That's, not, that's not the reason that I like Robert Woods this year. I, I do think that just his ability. I mean, the guy is a great route runner. He's got fantastic hands. And I think they lit a little bit of a fire under him this preseason. He came out and he worked with the twos for the first couple of preseason games. And maybe we all wondered, does this mean he's getting demoted? Is Mike Williams going to take over that job? He moved back up. He's playing with the ones. And while everybody's looking at Sammy Watkins across the way, Robert Woods is going to find himself open quite a few Wait, times. Wait, he so went where, to USC, right? He's a wide receiver? I'm ignoring you right so now. So where okay. are you taking your boyfriend? Because his ADP is <laughs> the 16th round. I'm, taking so I'm, him, I'm probably taking him probably in the 14th round or something really? like that. I'm taking him late. but You're he's, more committed. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit more. I'm, I'm a little bit more invested than that. Peter yeah, Ward, you know? Did Peter Warwick go to USC? No, no he did not. I get so mixed up with all the spare receivers, I just start lumping them in the USC category. Good thing you are bad at football because I'd be terrible myself. It's not haters, it's 
reality. Yeah, it's fact. No, don't worry about it. R.J. Sauer was great. Yeah, he was. <laughs> All right, good stuff, gentlemen, with our Bills two-a-days. But still to come, our fantasy two-a-days. We're just getting started. We have a complete breakdown of the New England Patriots. Is drafting Gronk worth the risk? And what's the deal with the past backfield? We'll let you know. But up next, it's time for Fantasy Game Changers. We'll tell you which running backs have great value in the middle rounds of the draft and could be the key to your championship run. Fight on. The most watched fantasy football show on television returns to NFL Network this Monday, September 1st. Catch the latest draft tips, fantasy analysis, player interviews, and more. It's NFL Fantasy Live weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern only on NFL Network. All right, it's time now for Game Changers, presented by Bose. This season, we're looking for your help to decide which performances made the biggest impact for your fantasy teams each week. Tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we might feature your tweet right here on NFL Fantasy Live. Today, we're trying to find you a diamond in the rough when it comes to running backs. Fabs, Marcus, who are some backs that you guys are are targeting because they're going way too late in drafts? Uh, Ben Tate is the first guy that comes to mind because it looks like he has sort of secured that featured role in Cleveland, and if not a featured role, at least the top spot on the depth chart. He's looked good in preseason work. The big knock on him has always been injuries. He can't stay healthy, but... There's motivation here. His contract is is set up where the more he plays, the more money he's going to make. And let's face it, guys, a lot of the success in the National Football League has to do money, 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 money with the dead president. So his current ADP on NFL.com is round eight. That's ridiculous. If you can get him as your third or fourth running back, despite the presence of Terrence West, that's a great value. I was just about to ask you about Terrence West. If you draft a guy like Ben Tate, you pretty much have to handcuff him to Terrence West. Am I right in saying that? Uh, well, it depends on how many teams are in your league because typically you're not handcuffing your third or fourth running back. Good call. But if you're in a 12-team league, 14-team league, then absolutely. All right, Toby Gerhardt changing venues. He's going from Minnesota to Jacksonville. I know you like him coming into this year. I do. I, I wish I could have seen a little more of him in the preseason. Oh, yeah. But what I love about him is, is the opportunity, just plain and simple. He is going to be the guy in the Jaguars offense, and he's going to be the guy who could approach 300 carries. You just don't see that anymore. And so while his work in the preseason has been less than spectacular, you just love the fact that while the Jaguars are sorting out their passing game, they're going to have to lean on this running back. And right now he's going in the seventh round. You don't see single back, you know, primary backs going that late. If you can get him that late and use him as an RB2, you're sitting pretty. I think a lot of fantasy managers might be worried about the Jags' overall offense, yes. though. How worried are you? I mean, we're talking about a unit that may or may not score one touchdown a game. How concerned are you about that? It's a little bit concerning. Yeah. But, you know, right now, if you're looking at Gerhardt as a guy who gets 25 to 30 touches a game, even if the yards per carry or yards per touch average isn't that great, the volume should make up for it. He's the lone guy in the Jags' backfield. Joyke Bell sharing backfield work with Reggie Bush, yet he's a guy that I think you and I both agree could be a game-changer this year. And he's a very good value right now because he's got a later round ADP. And I just like saying Joyke, all right? <laughs> I, I just like his name. Sure. Last year finished 17th in fantasy points among running backs. He's very versatile. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And what I like about him is that he's going to see a lot of that goal line work right there. So Reggie Bush maybe sees more work between the 20s, and then once they get into the red zone, it's all Joyke all the time. 
He is currently on NFL.com being drafted in round nine. Uh, it's too that's, late. That's an RB4. Yeah, that's an RB4, Terry, at least for me, because I wait on a quarterback. And at that point, that is absolutely like stealing. Good value in standard and PPR leagues. And, and the thing I love, too, is the upside. Uh, you think about if Reggie Bush does get hurt. Now we're talking about a guy who's not just RB3, RB2, maybe pushing himself into RB1 territory because of that explosive offense. Well, let's not hope uh, on Reggie Bush's injuries. <laughs> I already drafted him in a couple of leagues. <laughs> okay. I need him to stay healthy. All right, very good. Uh, talk to me about Ray Rice. He's another guy that's tremendous value right now due to his ADP. Yeah, he's falling right now down to around the eighth round or so, and a lot of that I understand is because of the suspension. He's going to miss the first two games of the season. But once he comes back, he's going to jump back to being a big part of that Ravens offense. I know people are worried that maybe Bernard Pierce takes a lot of those snaps and maybe he pushes his way into that starting role, but Ray Rice has looked really good in this preseason. He looks like he's got that burst back. The Ravens have done some things to try to shore up that offensive line, and with Gary Kubiak now calling the offense Hashtag there in Baltimore. Blocking, baby. There you go. Those are the key <laughs> words right there. I love Ray Rice to bounce back. If you can weather those first two games with your running back core there on your fantasy team, you should be really nice with Rice back in the lineup the again. The absolute best handcuff I like this year has to be Carlos Hyde. I know you like him as well. Carlos Hyde is an extremely talented young running back. The problem is Frank Gore is still ahead of him on the depth chart. Yep. We've been burying Frank Gore for like the last three years, <laughs> and all he does is put up numbers. I know, man. Maybe it'll happen this year. I don't know. All of a sudden, I have to have some faith in Frank Gore. But Hyde is a guy, I think he has more value in Dynasty Leagues, clearly because he's young and maybe even starting next year. He is the number one guy in San Francisco. But well worth a late-round pick and redrafts 15th round on NFL.com. I honestly think he's worth a little bit more, maybe 12th, 13th round. Yeah, I think maybe he even sneaks in the late round. If you're in a deep league, maybe he sneaks in as a late-season late flex guy, depending mm-hmm. on how the Niners, the Niners are going to want to save Frank Gore for a playoff run. You may see Hyde late in the year. All right, uh, one thing to keep in mind. He's going right now after Eric Ebron. Yeah, that Ooh. doesn't make any sense That makes no sense that's, to me. That's no, no bueno. It's no good. Yeah, All right, that was sense. Game Changers presented by Bo. Still to come, you want value? Well, we've got your value. Our experts are going to dish out the names of the most undervalued wide receivers in PPR leagues. More NFL Fantasy Live coming up next. Still to come, our experts do a complete fantasy breakdown of the New England Patriots. Could Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and Tom Brady be the steals of the draft? Plus, if you're playing PPR leagues, you won't want to miss our undervalued wide receiver segment. We'll tell you which pass catchers have to be on your radar. And with just over a week till the regular season kicks off, we head to the Twitterverse to answer all your pressing fantasy questions. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. Molly Karam here with Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison. Time now, gentlemen, for a breakdown of the New England Patriots. So we start with one Tom Brady. Elliot, is he a top five quarterback this year? Yeah, to me, he is. And now he's on the outskirts of that. I based think he, on looks I or think based I'm, on I'm doing the fads <laughs> lane four. No, I, I think that he is going to be fifth in fantasy points this year. I think Andrew Luck is fourth, and then you have your typical three. But Tom Brady, to me, is going to have to do a lot of it on his own. And I think the trade to Logan Mankins is going to affect the running game more than it is the passing game. When you talk about pass protection, guys, you're talking about tackles more than you are guards. Either way, Tom Brady gets the ball out early. And here's the cool thing. Last year, we lamented that all these young receivers played. Well, what's cool about that is the growing pains are somewhat over with. You're not going to see Tom Brady yelling at Kimbrell Tompkins on the sideline anymore. Aaron Dobson. Now these guys know what they're doing, presumably. 
And I think Tom Brady, I have Tom Brady's all-pro quarterback, too. If there is any risk with Brady, it's that we don't know how many games Rob Gronkowski will play. Because if you look at the numbers mm-hmm. last year, Brady with Gronk, awesome, fantasy yep. stud. Brady without Gronk, eh, not so much. He was Matt Castle, basically, if you're looking at numbers and consistency. So if I know Gronkowski's playing 14 games, Brady, top five, no doubt. But we don't know that. That's why he's so falling onto the outskirts. Right now, his ADP is right around the sixth, the sixth round. round. Yeah. That is a bar. I wait on quarterbacks. So I wouldn't take Brady unless he fell to me maybe eight. And I've seen Brady hanging around drafts that long. I so have it's, to. It's possible to get him that late. I think he falls just outside of the top five this year. And I think because you look at the guys who are in that top five, the guys I have slotted in there, I think they have more consistent, more dangerous weapons to throw to. But I, I do like what Brady has to offer. I think Fabs is right. Gronk's presence on the field is going to dictate how much Brady is, is going to be productive this year. And I think he ends up slotting somewhere around six or seven. So I can still feel good about taking Andrew Luck last night over Tom I Brady. love that. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to Stephen Rid- uh, Ridley, though, if I can get that one out there. Not as exciting last year. I had a case of what I like to call uh, fumbleitis. Mm-hmm. What do we expect from him this year, Marcus? Uh, hopefully less fumbleitis. Mm-hmm. I know that the Patriots are hoping for that. I-, I think you will see numbers similar to what you saw last year from him. You're looking at you know maybe around 200 carries maybe around 800 rushing yards but I think you're going to have Shane Vereen really eat into his production Vereen's numbers were down last year because he missed so much time with injury you just always worry that the next time Ridley puts the ball on the ground he's going to be back on the bench for an extended period of time and that's the reason he's coming off the board in the 12th round I think right there is about the level of risk I'm willing to take with him as maybe my fourth running back no question about it, and he has already fumbled in the preseason, and they used James White as the starter, although that Who's could be lackluster. Bellatrix, as you like to say. <laughs> so, Shane Vereen's the guy to draft out of this backfield. Mm-hmm. Really, I agree. He's an RB4, RB5 type. I just can't trust him. Yeah, and we know Bellatrix doesn't play. No, He'll bring the cane out real fast. Alright, Fabs, the question that everybody wants to know about is when should you take Rob Gronkowski? If you're in a 10-team league, I'm not drafting him until probably the end of round four, the beginning of round five, mm-hmm. because I'm afraid. Okay, this guy has had 12, 13 surgeries in the last two years. Listen, but he, he was so good. I, I, I know he, that, but he came back and played well and then got hurt again. The forearm, the back, the knee. He's coming off an ACL. I know the ACL is the new uh, sprained ankle, according to Akbar Bajabiyamila, but it's still an ACL. This guy's had so many surgeries. So end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth round, that's where I minimize risk with Gronk, and that's what I take. I See, I, I understand your point, but basically what you're saying is you're not going to be able to draft him. Because yeah, somebody, he's going to be I've gone. seen him in exactly. the fourth round. Well, then, then I'll take another right. tight end. So I'll be some, fine with it. somebody in your draft is going to take mm-hmm. him earlier in that, either the back end of the second or the top of the third. Back end of the second is too early to me, but back into the third, I would take him. I would not wait till the fourth. All right, let's move on to another one of Tom Brady's targets, Julian Edelman. And he turned out to be one of his favorites last year. 100 catches, Elliot. What are you expecting from him? He's a little bit of a PPR machine there. He is. Can we, and we're going to do PPR later, but mm-hmm. can we really qualify him as a favorite? Or I just have nobody to play with. <laughs> anybody. I'm, I'm looking at Anybody, where are you? favorite yeah. by default. Right, right. I look at Julian Edelman to have 100 catches this year for about 1,011 yards and seven touchdowns. Wait, that's what he did last year. Well, right. so you, you like him again. Yeah, I do. I do like him again. Nice. I just don't want people to expect 13 or 1,400-yard season. He's not going to get you the chunk plays down the field. However, 
100 catches is 100 catches, and 1,000 yards is 1,000 yards. I think he's being a little undervalued right now. He's somebody that you have to look out for in your draft because he is the number one target in New England. And you just referenced Gronkowski's injury. That just ups this guy's value. Mm -hmm. Ninth round? That's what the ADP is. Is oh, that accurate for you or are you taking him earlier? I would absolutely take him in the ninth round. Have a good value. Okay, here's where we have some more question marks. Three receivers. Danny Amendola. Kembrel Tompkins and Aaron Dobson. What do we do with this situation? They're all a 15th round ADP and Tompkins is 16th round. But who, who are you leaning towards in I'm, value? I'm going Amendola, but in terms of upside, Dobson is the guy. So what does that mean? Mm. That means that I'm drafting Amendola first mm -hmm. out of those three. Okay. But I would take Dobson as a wide receiver five because of his upside. Okay. I'm going Tompkins in this one just because Amendola, we know he's always hurt. Aaron Dobson has been hurt mostly throughout the preseason. Tompkins is the guy who's actually on the field working with Tom Brady, and he's younger than Amendola. Speaking of upside, I mean, that's the upside I see right there. You know, I'm just going to talk a little real football here. I, I think that Kimbrell Tompkins is going to be on the outside more, which makes his position different than Danny Amendola. I think Amendola and Edelman are a little bit more interchangeable, and I think Edelman is going to be that guy that gets more of the, the, the Amendola-style looks. I'm talking about the five-yard ends, the three-yard outs. Therefore, I'd rather play Kimbrell Tompkins because of the opportunity. All right, gentlemen, good stuff. That's our Patriots two days. Thank you kindly. When NFL Fantasy Live returns, it's time for some burning questions. Should you expect rebound years from Arian Foster and Julio Jones? And is Russell Wilson a top 10 fantasy quarterback? Find that out next. Steps up, looks, throws in the middle, touchdown, Reggie! Take your draft to the next level, would you? With the official fantasy draft board of the NFL, the kit includes easy-to-use player stickers and room for up to 16 teams in 20 rounds. Be sure to check it out at NFL.com slash draftboard. It's pretty sweet if you have that at your house. Time now for some burning questions. It's in Fuego, my friends. Molly Karam here with Marcus Grant and Elliot Harrison. I love how you're just looking at me like I'm I crazy. I like stickers. <laughs> Fans <laughs> have been submitting all their tough fantasy dilemmas on Twitter at NFL Fantasy. We always want to hear from you. So how about we answer some? Do it. All right. We need to give the people what they want. All right. Should we draft Julio Jones, who's finally healthy, or Antonio Brown, who's pretty much the guy in the Steel City, Elliot? I like Julio Jones. I think the Falcons are going to be in some track meets this year. I don't trust their defense, and I don't really trust their running game. I mean, right now it's Devonta Freeman, the guy. I trust their passing game, however. And Marcus, I think Antonio Brown was great last year. I think he was great. But I think Pittsburgh's going to want to run the football more than Atlanta. Julio Jones looks explosive. You been watching Hard Knocks? I have been. So go ahead and tell me why Julio Jones is the right answer. But I'm going to say that Antonio Brown's the right answer. Mm. Yeah. That's the problem here. I like Brown because he is the main target right now for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. And I know they want to work Marcus Wheaton into the, the offense a little bit more. But until then, it's going to be Brown getting a lot of those targets and getting a lot of those catches. I, I, I think Julio Jones is great. I do worry about a relapse of the injury. Plus, you still have Roddy White and Harry Douglas to deal with uh, getting some of those targets there. Brown is the man in Pittsburgh. Mm, you guys are so cute when you fight. Split decision there. All right, complete this sentence for me. We'll begin with you, Marcus. The earliest I would take Jimmy Graham is? The absolute earliest would be the sixth pick. I'll probably more wait until the seventh or eighth pick. I know it's only one you pick difference. You extended the sentence. I know. Yeah. I know it's only one more yeah. pick difference, but uh, I would say absolute earliest would be six. Way to make a definitive statement and then go middle ground. <laughs> that was strong. I learned from you. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> oh, go earlier than ninth, Molly. I wouldn't go earlier than ninth. I'm not going earlier than ninth for a tight end. 
Okay. Even period. though it's Jimmy Graham? I don't care if it's Jimmy Graham. I don't care if it's Jimmy Drew Garoppolo. Is his quarterback? I'm not going okay. earlier than ninth for a tight end. It's not about production for me. It's about what are needs, okay? What can I get later in the draft? I can't get running backs in round 10, okay? I can get Zach Hurts in round 10. Oh, by the way, I did that in our draft last night. Oh, did you? Yeah, how about that? Cookies and cream. We'll see how that turns out. All right, would you go top 10 for Arian Foster? New offense with Bill O'Brien. Top 10 running back? Yes. No, Uh will he be a top 10? Uh-uh. I think he is. I think he's he's at the very Let's bottom of that top Let's ten. Let's name him. All right, right so in no particular right. order. LaShawn McCoy. Right. Jamal Charles. Yep. Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Matt Forte. Yep. Eddie Lacy. Yep. Marshawn Lynch. Yep. Okay, now where are you going? Now you're getting a little Doug bit Martin. dicey here. Maybe Doug Martin. Okay, Alfred Morris. Yeah, maybe an Alfred Morris. Okay, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray, There's nine. All right, so now it's between Gio Bernard, Le'Veon Bell, Arian Foster for that ten hole. I, I put Foster in just at that ten spot. He just edges out. Le'Veon Bell and, uh, and Gio Bernard. I'm going to have to disagree with that. I think he's 11. And who do you think is ahead of him at 10? Right now, I like Le'Veon Bell a little okay. bit better, and I like Gio Bernard a little bit better, but it's partially because I can't trust his health. I hate speculating on somebody getting hurt. Seriously. I, no, I, I it's hate terrible, doing that, but you, ha- it, but you have history. to factor it in with this guy. But I think this speaks a lot to what happens once you get past those first five or six guys. It is just such a muddle of running backs after that. Remember a couple years ago when Arian Foster was going for 70 bucks in auction leagues? Yes. 70 bucks. Yes. Wow. That was good, though. I really enjoyed list time. Thank you yeah. for breaking that down. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I was taking notes. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, we're getting tons of questions about Russell Wilson. He won the Super Bowl. He finished eighth among quarterbacks in fantasy points. Tom Brady finished 14th. I just want to point that out. Yeah, that's cool. Um, fans still aren't sure where to draft him, so let's do a little rapid session and clear things up with Russell Wilson because we really don't talk about the guy at all. No, we don't. All right, so would you draft Russell Wilson or Tony Romo first? I'll go Tony Romo. That defense is so bad, Marcus. He's going to have to put up points for the Cowboys to even compete. Yeah, Tony Romo is again, you know, Scott Linehan in Dallas is going to look a lot like that Lions offense. Yeah, they're going to be playing from behind. All right, would you draft Russell Wilson or Nick Foles? This is tough. This is a tough one. I would probably go Wilson. I'm just afraid really? Foles is going to take a step back. That 27-2 and two was such a mirage last year. There are going to be a lot more interceptions on that ledger this year. Mm. After I saw him throw 29 balls in the first half of the preseason game the other night, I'm, I'm taking Nick Foles. I think he's going to be airing it out. Splitting hairs, really, with that one. Yes. Would you draft Russell Wilson or RG3, Elliot? Uh, this is about a, this is a slam dunk for me. I'm going Russell Wilson all mm-hmm. the way. After seeing the way RG3's been playing? Yeah. yeah, what he said. I'm going Wilson this morning. What he said. <laughs> what he said. We might even see some Kirk Cousins. Would you draft Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford? Stafford. Stafford. He's going to throw the ball like 650 Please. times. Absolutely, Stafford. They love to air it out. Megatron, Golden Tate. Yep. Got to love it. Bunch of tight ends. Yep. All right, for more on the wide receivers, good stuff, guys. Let's throw it over to James and Fabs. Gentlemen. All right, it's time for Greatness on the Road, presented by Courtyard by Marriott. James Coe, Michael Fabiano, let's take a look at the teams with the easiest road schedules for wide receivers based on 2013 fantasy points allowed. Guess what? You know what's crazy about this is the top five list? The entire NFC North is on that list. Bears, Packers, Lions, Vikings, and then the Giants sneak in there as well. The reason they're on that list, we're talking about the NFC North, is because they play each other, and they're all terrible against the pass. Plus, they're playing the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC South, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, also terrible.
terrible against the pass. Right. So, for me, when you look at these schedules, I really like these receivers in the NFC North. Schedule has a little bit to do with value. It's not the be-all, end-all, mm-hmm. but it is nice to see a stat like that, especially when you're talking about some of those wide receivers. Randall Cobb, a guy that should be a beneficiary here. I love Randall Cobb this year. He's in a contract year. I say he has a breakout campaign in 2014 as the number two option in an offense with Aaron Rodgers. He's playing a tough game against the Seahawks. Maybe you want to sit him that week if you can, but Lions, Bears, Saints, Vikings, Buccaneers, there's a lot of good matchups for Cobb. How about the Vikings? You mentioned the Vikings. Cordero Patterson, an up-and-comer, a sleeper, if you will. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've heard, but I got a little man crush. <laughs> I do, too. I'm Cordero Patterson. <laughs> I love this guy, the highest-scoring wide receiver in fantasy football over the last four weeks of his rookie season. He's got the Rams, the Saints, the Packers, the Bucks, the Bears, the Lions. I love those matchups, and you know what? I love Cordero Patterson. At Lions Week 15, in that fantasy, you know, playoff. Right before you get to the Super Bowl, Love man. It. All right. How about, uh, you know, Victor Cruz. This guy has been vilified. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you look at his schedule, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the Salsa King. No doubt about that. You've got the Lions on there, the Cowboys, who are going to just stink, as Elliot had said, defensively. Tough game against the Seahawks with the Jags, the Titans. Victor Cruz is someone that I think could be a nice draft value. He's going to play the slot for the Giants. Ben McAdoo's offense is like to utilize the slot receiver, like Randall Cobb in Green Bay. So Cruz, someone who's coming off the board in the fifth or sixth round, he could be your wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver three if you focus on wideouts early. Lions, Redskins, Eagles, Cowboys in the first seven weeks. Yes, and he gets to play the Cowboys again too, That's which a- is always a huge advantage in 2014. A tasty road schedule for Victor Cruz. That was Greatness on the Road, presented by Courtyard by Marriott. Coming up, if you're in a PPR league, you won't want to miss our chat about undervalued wide receivers. You want the gold? We're here to help. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Scotty Cam. Think you can't live without your phone? Wait until you download the new NFL.com Fantasy Football app. Live draft from anywhere and watch in-game video highlights on the go. NFL.com makes fantasy football better for everyone. Download for free at NFL.com slash fantasy app. All right, let's take a look at your 2013 wide receiver target leader. Not receptions, but targets. You see Pierre Garçon, Andre Johnson in there. Uh, Even though Andre Johnson has been a little bit reviled in the fantasy community, listen, he catches a lot of footballs. That name highlighted in red. Josh Gordon, that's the big news today. Out for the entire year. He had 159 targets. I mean, the man was an absolute beast. 1,600-plus yards, nine total touchdowns. Did all his damage in 14 games. A little bit surprised to see Calvin Johnson near the bottom of that list, uh, considering how many uh, passes were thrown Mm -hmm. in that crazy Mm -hmm. offense. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by DirecTV. James Go here alongside all the guys. Let's talk about some wide receivers that do get a ton of targets but are currently undervalued based off of their ADPs. Andre Johnson, I cannot harp on this enough. We're talking about a guy, even though they had an absolute mess at quarterback, still did well in PPR. Right, exactly, and that's always the argument. Well, Andre Johnson's quarterback stink. Well, guess what? He still had 181 (laughs) targets to lead the National Football League, at least to be tied. And people are worried about him because he's getting up there in age. But honestly... I have no concerns about Andre Johnson because in standard leagues, he's a wide receiver too. In PPR leagues, I could get him as a wide receiver too, and he could put up top 10, top 12 numbers because he is so targeted and the best option in that offense. Elliot, do you buy that argument that this guy can be a, a wide receiver one? 
I buy it very, very lacking in confidence. A, <laughs> in a PPR league, yeah, we're talking. I'm okay with it. I'd be at the bottom end of that discussion. I, You know, I wonder when the career wall happens for this guy. Number one, it's year 12. Number two, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your distributor there. But it was or Case Ma- Keenum or, last year. Or, or Case Keenum. So. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I also think at some point for that team to win, DeAndre Hopkins has to develop, which would yep. take away from Andre Johnson. And that was my number three there on your list. That DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is ready to step up. Johnson's still the number one guy, but Hopkins is going to cut into that number. Uh, Marcus, we're going to stay with you. Kendall Wright might be the absolute most undervalued PPR wide receiver. The dude had 94 catches last year. People don't know about him. Right. We were talking you know, during the break that there are probably a lot of fans out there who don't even know he plays for the Titans, first of all. Probably some who don't even know who he is. Yet this guy is a PPR. He's just a machine. He's and he a doesn't monster. look like Frodo. He does not look <laughs> like Frodo. I mean, this is a guy that, you Danny know. Danny Woodhead, I apologize. The, the Titans quarterback situation has been unsettled. Jake Locker has had trouble staying healthy, but no matter who is slinging the rock, they keep looking for Kendall Wright, and this might be the year people start to learn this guy's name, because even in another year where the quarterback situation is still kind of shaky, Kendall Wright's still a constant. You see there. who was throwing the ball there, uh, Elliot? I, I did. The Amish rifle! <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw. I mean, truth be told, Marcus stole Kendall Wright from me in the meeting, because I really like what, <laughs> Thank you, I really like what Ken Wisenhunt's going to do for the Titans offense. I totally agree with you on that one. All right, uh, moving on. Julian Edelman, the, the Patriots left, uh, or excuse me, let Wes Welker walk largely because they had Julian Edelman. He was the 10th most targeted receiver in the league last year, just behind Calvin Johnson, for goodness sake. Uh, Elliot, there's a lot to like about Julian Edelman. There is, but I don't necessarily agree with your lead there. I think a drop in the Super Bowl had a lot to do with them saying, see you later, <laughs> right. Wes Welker. But, but maybe not. Julian Edelman, we mentioned him earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. For this guy's ADP to be in the ninth round, and you're getting 100 catches, and you have the possibility that Gronk isn't ready for week one. I just think that his value is upped. And, Fabs, you had three drafts last night. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. But when I took a break, I thought about how undervalued Julian Edelman is. What you just proved there is that we are huge dorks. True, (laughs) true. But ninth round ADP on a guy that catches 100 balls and six touchdowns? I think the the problem with Edelman is that people are worried that Gronk is back. Mm -hmm. At least we expect him to be back. Dobson's had a year under his belt. So has Kenrell Tompkins. Danny Amendola is healthy at least. Right Look now, at those Green names though that we're throwing out. I understand. Dobson, I understand Tompkins, that, but we're talking about like a targets. Law Last year, Tom Brady had no one to trust except for Edelman. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, for the Patriots' sake, he has more options. This Can year. he repeat his performance from last 100 year? hundred catches, I think, so. I think little, little too That's much. A bit much. Little too much. Eighty. Absolutely. Okay, 80. if he catches 90, we split the difference. That's still a PPR machine. That's true. Yeah. It's, very good. Yeah. it's a very good year. Uh, a guy that I'm huge on, and Marcus, I know you feel the same way, Michael Floyd. Listen, the guy only had 65 catches last year, barely broke 1,000 yards. But tell me why people should get excited about uh, Floyd. Well, when I talked to Gil Branda last week, yeah, he mentioned – Listen to you dropping ah, – let, 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 let me pick that up right quick. Um <laughs> One of the things he said was that he thinks Carson Palmer is going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think the one thing is the Cardinals are going to throw it a lot more this year. And Michael Floyd, by the end of the year, was closing that gap on Larry Fitzgerald for that number one target for Carson Palmer. I think this is the year Floyd has a huge breakout season while people still worry about Fitzgerald, while John Brown maybe sneaks in and occupies some, some attention for the defense. I think Michael Floyd is poised for a huge season. When the Godfather speaks, you listen. You listen. There's so much to like. The size, the speed, the hands, the power. Youth. 
the youth as yes. well. I, I really, really Not like on Fitzgerald where he's side. going here. All right, that's going to do it for us today. NFL Fantasy Live is back tomorrow with an in-depth look at where to find value at the tight end position. See you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.